Peter. Yes. I missed you so much, Friday. I know. And I know you did some research with the planetary alignments, and there's nothing we could have done, truly. But uh, if you ever want to know, like, it felt like I was in a weird movie because everyone's coming up to me and wanting to take pictures and please sign me and we love you so much. And I'm going, where's Peter? Have you seen Peter? Is Peter here? Everyone in the world is here to see me and I can't see the one person I need to see. Oh, no. My energy. Uh, I'll be completely honest. Um, the amount of people who thought that because I was in Atlanta that the hometown show would be easier for me, wrong. They're always an absolute nightmare for me personally. And by the time I get to center stage or wherever we're wrestling, I'm so cooked. Yeah. I'm done. Because I've been given tasks you know what i mean like there's a lot of things to get done for a professional wrestling show and that first task came when jimmy lloyd texted me yo at 8 a.m and he had landed very early and he was like well i'm gonna go get some breakfast and then we should go run these errands we got to run errands and i was like all right we're gonna do it jimmy so i start my day 12 hours before bell time of this show and went constantly all day we had to pick people up from the airport we had to pick up a rental van so we could go buy doors. We had to go back and get the doors. We had to try to find other items that were necessary. I went to Habitat for Humanity and we bought two bags or two boxes of Doritos for a dollar, like a whole shipping pallet box Damn. of Doritos. I don't know. There was a lot going on. Uh, we had to this, gallivant the town. You, uh, so the other thing to keep in mind, everybody, Atlanta on Friday shuts down at 12. Oh, it's at done. At noon. You can't go anywhere. No, you're not going anywhere. I. It took me three hours to drive 26 miles. Yeah. 26 miles. Yeah. That's because I checked on the the rental of like my U-Haul rental that I got so we could have the show. Oh, um, and if you're not from here, good fucking luck. Yeah, good fucking this luck. This city makes no sense. No sense. The way There's it takes you is wrong. a ton of one ways, a yeah. ton of roundabouts. If you're not used to either of those things, it's a great way to get in a you really to, weird situation. You have to be a defensive driver here because no one at all knows yeah. what the fuck they're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of incredible. You're just like, what, why are we all going 10 miles an hour? There's no reason somebody fucked up. Uh -huh. And it's multiple people all at the same time. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play. And we literally sit in traffic every, every goddamn day. day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Weekend at Effie's. We're back. Peter, I felt a wild shift over the weekend. I think that was partially that eclipse happening. That was partially yeah. that retrograde happening. Everyone around me is just looking like life is chaos. But you know what? I'm not selling for it. That eclipse happened in Tucker Carlson's career house. Which yeah. Which is why he went boop. Yeah. And, quickly. you know. A lot of people want to say it's over the $800 million he cost Rupert Murdoch, but I'm so excited to tell everyone, based on slightly more research, this boy did some fucked up shit, and we about to find out everything. Yeah! Don't live in glass houses, motherfucker. Did you see that tweet where it was? Uh, there was an incident on Friday where he was about to eat his lunch of a hot dog and was pulled into a meeting? It's oh my the, God. Um, I think you should leave bit where he's trying to eat the hot dog. <laughs> No, no. I saw him eat the pizza at the end of the show, though. Wait, what? The final moments of his show Friday, he's having a pizza party with a guy. What? He's like, what a great way to end the week. We're having a good time. I hope you have a great weekend and you spend it with your family. We'll be back Monday. We were not back Monday. Damn. Thank God. Damn. Uh, and I just want to say uh, in regards to uh, his audience out there, 
we are doing everything in our can and our power to make sure that you are going to remain immobile. You're not going to be able to guard your neighborhoods with guns and that your senile asses will not make it to voting in the next election. Is that suppression, Peter? Yeah, fuck yeah. We should suppress them. Because if you can't even like know who's at your door, if you're prepared with guns, if you listen seriously to a Republican with a bowl cut, you aren't allowed to vote anymore. You're cut off. We are going to be going door to door and just kicking in your knees because I'm so fucking tired of people who can't even chew their own food getting to decide what is valid in our country when they will be rotting underground with worms in their eyes before before the people that they've affected with their votes are even living. I don't know. It's very it's disheartening in a way, but as I said to people this weekend at the shows, I said, "Guys, I love being an entertainer. I love being a public figure. I love having people who look up to me. I love being a role model. I've realized that being a role model, I'm just a like it's a role that I model. Like I'm modeling a role and if you look up to that role, then I'm a role model, right? You know what's super tasty? What? Rolls. Rolls? Like buttered rolls? Oh yeah. Like a like a, did you ever go to like te- Texas Roadhouse and they got them yeah. butter rolls and you throw peanuts on the floor? I forgot about the peanuts on the floor. Yeah. My dad didn't like that restaurant because he's like, why are you adding extra work to everybody's job, making them sweep up all these dirty peanuts? Come on, just give me a cup for the peanuts. I don't want to mess up this whole thing. This is a mess. Uh, I think I'm going to be cooking today. I'm excited. We've got a lot to get to. And on our Patreon, which I've got to put this Patreon video up. It's taken me so long because I'm just, I'm, I am I want to say I'm lazy. I'm not lazy. You know the saddest shit in the world. What? I started the Peter vlog of the GCW show, but I only have footage of Lucy and I watching Blood and Concrete. Oh my God. And we are going to talk on the Patreon about Blood and Concrete, but I think we should add that this should be the vlog. Uh, The GCW show in Atlanta was fantastic. I just want to say that Dark Chic over the past few weeks, and she's like, I don't think she wants me making such a spectacle of this, but I don't give a fuck because I will protect my sister until the end of time. Dark Sheik has illegally performed in both Missouri and Florida and has been over as fuck and sick as fuck. And I dare anyone to come and tell her she can't perform because she will roundhouse kick your ass to the fucking ground. It is so beautiful to have uh, trans women we can look up to who are uh, they are fighting against this. They are being their authentic selves and they could beat up your fucking dad. Fuck your dad and his shitty Fox News shit. Dark Sheik will ruin your dad's life with one roundhouse kick. But the people were in love with the Dark Sheik. They're in love with the Thrussy. And I think a lot of people don't understand. I put together what Thrussy meant. Yeah, so it's the threesome bussy, but it's a throat pussy. Yeah. And so when I get up on the ropes, you would have seen this at the show. And unfortunately, you didn't. I said, Sheik, did you see what I did during the intro? She goes, what? And I go, I did the Thrussy, which is you hold a Coke can of a cock and you open your mouth as wide as you can on the top ropes. And you go... Ah, because it's thrussy. They go, this is Dark Sheik. This is Ali Cash. This is Effie. They are thrussy. And I just ah, choke on that Coke can dick. Make them feel weird. Show them what the thrussy does. I do also appreciate that, you know, unlike Bussy, thrussy is non-gendered. Thrussy is completely non-gendered. It's just throat pussy. And well, l- listen, Bussy is not gendered. We have to clarify this. There are people out there who still believe it means boy pussy. Wrong. Oh, okay. Wrong. Correct me. It's a butt pussy because this way. Okay. Everyone has a butt. Everyone has a bussy. Your other bussy is us, the tag team. 
So, I love the new shirts. Yes. I uh, love Bussy Fox. I also like to think of it as like Bossy Fox. You don't know it's bossy a you. Bossy Fox. Uh, the new shirt is incredible. It Foxes is available. are very bossy. Foxes are bossy. What we, does the fox say? Get back to work. The, until... fo- the fox says, <laughs> The fox says you need to own the means of production and take it back from the 1%. <laughs> the fox says that the working class is going <laughs> to uprise and destroy you. Uh, I am working class. You are working. We are working class people. Uh, and we will... We will find our, our ways back to owning the means of production. We'll do whatever it takes. We're going to do it. I love, so Spotify added audiobooks, and it's just Karl Marx books. And it's really funny because that's what's trending right now. Yeah, of course. They're the free ones, right? Like you yeah. can just listen in. Now, unfortunately, I don't think they got Karl Marx to, um, to do the reading of the books nah. for the audio. Can you imagine him them, like pulling Karl Marx into a room and being like, all right, we're going to put you in the sound booth. Just go ahead and read through this. Would that be weird? Or would he be all about it? He would probably have some questions. He'd be like, "Um, I think everyone should read one sentence for the for the for the populism, for we can all have a part in this." And they're like, "Do you want the profits?" And he's like, "What the fuck is the profits? <laughs> Put it back into the means of the people." Yeah, Karl Marx audiobooks over this week. They're over. Either way, weekendatfies.com if you want to do that. I want to bring this up, and this is a business thing. While we jump all around, I have combined the URL. Of wrestling is gay, you can still go to wrestling is not gay. We'll go to the wrestling is gay merchandise with the fe web store. And here's why, Peter, because I'm sick of people having to pay shipping twice. I don't want them to pay shipping twice. If you want an fe shirt, if you want a wrestling is gay item, if you want, we have the new bathing suit collection, which is beautiful. Oh shit, fantastic! You should is see these up? new items. It is up if you go to wrestling is not gay. We were working on the URL for a while. Shout out Priors, who is not only designing the stuff but helping me keep my web store. Uh, active and working, but we did also throw up the Bussy Fucks shirt, which we will be printing for Effie's Big Gay Brunch in the UK, which is coming up, Peter, in three weeks. It is coming up so fast. It is happening very quickly. Uh, I need to record a promo. I need to put something out there to let people know exactly what we're all about, but we will have a Rainbow Rumble. We will have Pero versus Big Demo. Somebody asked me, they were like, oh, is Big Demo gay? I go, no, but if Pero wants to be this dominant hoss boy on the scene and thinks he can just beat up everybody and hit him with chairs. I watched him attack Sumi Sakai this weekend, which we'll talk about. Uh, we should be able to bully him with other big giant dudes. So instead of putting Paro against someone small or someone lesser than Paro, we're going to make Paro fucking fight big demo. And it's going to be an explosion of gigantic men in Liverpool during Eurovision. We're technically, we're a Eurovision event now, Peter. Did you put a little stash pocket in the swim trunks? I think they come with a little stash pocket. Whoa. I think that's the the model he chose. Well done. Well done, well Priors. Done. Also, he's my just, partner in crime. He's just getting better and better and better. Like, I don't I, just, I don't want to give away anything, but he also is helping with the Danhausen closing clothing oh, line. That shit's sick. Very nice, very yeah. evil. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And it is so good. I looked at it and I said, Is this you? And he goes, Of course it is. And I said, Do you realize you're like you have literally indoctrinated a scene with your art across all platforms. Yeah. yeah. Like when we were at Hammerstein, I bring this up where he's looking around and he'd done designs for other people and he had the wrestling is gay stuff and had every stuff and had all this. And I'm going, you literally came in and culturally became an art fixture of, of a, an industry that you really don't have a part in other than we live together and we're good buddies. And you're the only one who will, he's literally, I, I praise God that he's so fucking mean to me sometimes 
not that we aren't the best of friends, not that we don't get along, not that we don't love each other, but that motherfucker will call me out and be yeah. like, you dumb bitch, listen. Yeah. And I need that in my life. I need it very yeah. badly. It's I've started to say every 10th person in line, I said it in Atlanta, I said, somebody's got to call me a bitch. Somebody's got to be mean to me. Every 10th person. I will say the pressure I felt in Atlanta uh, with my merch set up next to Matt Cardona to not charge for a selfie. Like I was not charging for selfie. I was basically like, if you buy something, I'll do a selfie. But seeing that side eye from Cardona that I wasn't charging for selfies, he's like, bro, what are you doing? What are you, you're just throwing money down the drain, bro. You got to charge for every selfie. I'm not going to do it. But if you buy stuff, I can give you priority on the selfies. I have to, I'm trying not to be rude, but I also have to be not rude to the other people in line. So when you get to about minute 15 of your story and you haven't bought anything, I got to send you, I got to move you along. All right. It's, it's getting too, it's getting too wild out there for me to do that. And luckily Allie's meaner than me and she's really taken to that, but it's, uh, it's still something that I have to practice in because, you know, I love, I love having fans. I'm not going to lie about that. Like, I think it's awesome that people appreciate the artistic contributions I have and want to meet me, but also, uh, this is the year of pious living and part of pious living means stacking up that coin like a door for a dragon. Uh, in the in the Middle Ages, I rewatched The Hobbit: Desolation of Smog. How do you feel about those movies? Way I've better now. Seen. Okay. The, when I first saw it, I was like, "Dog, come on!" But now you watch it, and you're like, "It's so corny." Why is Legolas here? There's a GoPro. Let's all go through the whitewater rafting area. There's a weird spider scene, but it's overall like not that bad of a movie. It's okay. fine. Okay. They could have knocked it down to being like a one one three hour film instead of three three hour films. That's more of what I was hoping for. Yeah, by the time they got to the last one, you're like, I don't care. But the first one, it's just nice hearing the the themes of the music come back yeah. in and getting to see, uh, what is his name that plays Frodo? Uh, Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman is such a goddamn good actor. Yeah. He saves that whole thing because all the prosthetic dwarf faces, they can't act very well in that. But you've got Ian McKellen as Gandalf rules. You've got Ian McKellen doing scenes with the Radagast, who is the like the forest spirit wizard, and they're trying to figure all this out and the rise of the darkness. Uh, but overall, it's a mediocre film, but I'm glad I caught it. It was a good moment. And maybe I liked the film more because it was like the first time I'd been alone in a few days when this came on the TV in the hotel room. And I was just like, yeah, you know what? I'm taking my fucking ring to Mordor. I don't have time for this shit. Uh, he does not. Do they do, do they do like the 20 hour extended? I'm sure they do. I don't want to own these in digital media format. No. I will say it is sad that with movie streaming, like I don't want to pay $20 for a DVD anymore, but it always came with like a few little extra features, yeah. maybe a director's thing. Direct. I think we should have an HBO channel that's just, it has the director's commentary version of all movies. Like I think HBO director's a, commentary. We should have an HBO channel because we don't have that anymore. Well, they have them in hotels. They have them in hotels. Oh, that's true. I but it's like 17 that. HBO channels. They're like Jesus. HBO Family, HBO Classic. So I guess Classic. they're going to be okay. I don't give a fuck what they're going to be. If you are making money in any form or fashion in media and you're not contributing to actually creating media, and that includes uh, grips and best boys and lighting yeah. and PAs and people on set and all of those people, if you're just the corporate office stooge, I hope Frodo finds you with that fucking blade and puts it in you like a spider. I hope it comes invisibly in the night. And I hope that maybe like what I'm asking for, a lot of the spouses I think are comfortable. They've gotten a lot of money. 
for us to get to the next level of humanity, a lot of rich spouses, they're going to have to bake some Benadryl pies a la Dateline. Okay. I'm not saying that everyone should, I'm not advocating for killing your spouse, but I'm saying if your partner is a higher up executive at a network that all you have to do is grind up uh, 600 Benadryl pills and mix it with a really dark chocolate base in a pie, they'll never know the difference, okay? I, I heard about this online. Everything I say is Effie, I want to be clear, is uh, has been determined by a Florida Tampa detective to be uh, in a character. So when I tell people to murder their spouse, that doesn't mean I'm actually telling them to do it. Go ahead and take it to trial, motherfucker. <laughs> I can't take Benadryl. It makes me violent the next day. Violent? Yeah. Like it makes... I'm a angry human Really? Being, and I'm not an angry human being normally. So you do you think you've ever met the spider people in your Benadryl dreams? I believe so. <laughs> I've made that mistake once in college. I uh, don't want to go back there. I'm not going back to that plane of existence. It's not for me. But they are pink. It is cute. It's a lot of fun. We're getting out of control here. I hung out with Jimmy all day Friday and we got to the show and... You know, to wake up and it's 8 a.m. and then have a whole day of working and then be at a hometown show where you're, everyone knows you, everyone, and they want to say what's up, which is cool. We were match seven of nine or eight of nine, nine of ten. So I didn't even wrestle until like almost 1045 that night. Damn. Peter, we broke the ring. The ring was kind of a little wonky, and which this is Georgia style, and that's fine. But uh, the final spot that was happening put me up top that bottom rope snapped and the only reason this is important is we finished the match we won the match thirsty is amazing we love thirsty the next match was the main event which was vikingo versus commander which is like two of the craziest high flyer use the ropes jump around insane dudes i've ever seen they had no struggle they had no problem they had no bottom rope they did everything and i said commander i'm sorry and he goes i'm not using it and, you know, we have very limited uh, communication because he speaks mostly Spanish. I speak mostly English. But we find a way to communicate this. And he said, don't worry, buddy. Don't worry. We're fine. It was awesome. So no hard feelings. It made it through the whole show. And then it snapped on me. But I'd like to put myself in the same class as, you know, such greats as the big show. In that when I get in the ring, I'm so powerful and giant that those ropes might snap, motherfucker. They might just snap. Now, here's what's beautiful. We finished the show, and obviously it's a little late anyway. My flight the next day was not until 1 p.m. Me, Sheik, and Alley Catch said, we're taking the late flight. So I went back to my house, and I slept. I slept all morning. I woke up. And I woke up to a text that said, your flight is delayed in another hour. I said, even better. This is fantastic. Uh, got to the airport, moseyed my way down. The flight was not delayed. It had never been delayed. <laughs> And the flight had moved back to its original time, and they just didn't tell anybody. And so by the time me and Dark Sheet got through security, got through everything, and walked, we're just like casually walking, and Allie texts me because she went ahead of us because our bags were taking a while. Hey, are you going to make this flight? And I was like looking at the time. I was like, yeah, we got like 20 minutes. And we got to the gate, and they were like, the doors are closed. And I was like, do they have to be? And they're like, hurry up. And they let me and Dark Sheet onto that plane last, and we flew to Orlando in the middle of the day. Damn. And we both kind of looked at each other. We were sitting next to each other in the plane. And I was like, I wasn't even stressed at all. I was like, what a beautiful thing to like be that late to a flight. And neither of us are like worried or have any understanding of how close we are to being left in Atlanta and not get to be a part of one of the coolest shows GCW's done in a while. Orlando's an A-town, baby. Orlando, Florida. We went to the Inglewood Center. We landed. We were taken right to the Inglewood Center. And I think 
more often than not, I don't need to be at shows until about an hour before doors. And this is a big point of contention because there's call times or they need people to help with the ring or they need this or need that. But every time I've gotten to a show early, there's been no use for me. I'm not going to call my match till later until I feel this thing out. I ain't got nothing to practice right now in the ring. Maybe I'll jump in and jump out and feel the ropes. My merch takes 10 minutes to set up. So we landed and I said, you know what? We don't need to fucking be here. And we went to get Mexican food. Now, this isn't a big, like most people, most people aren't going to like brag about the Mexican food, but this is specifically exciting because I had a dish I have never had before. Myself, Dark Sheik, Alley Catch, and the bad boy, Joey Janela, went out to have a meal. Now, Joey right now, he's going through it because he was in an exploding barbed wire death match yeah. in Japan and has second, almost third degree burns up and down his arms. So he cannot wrestle at this exact moment. He's been doing some commentary and stuff, but he can still eat Mexican food with us. But it is those wounds, dude are disgusting. It is like, I have no, and Ooh. someone else lit themselves on fire this weekend. I'm not even going to bring I it up, saw but that, video. that guy beats his wife. So he can go fuck himself oh and have a good time. Motherfucker. Hell's going to be even hotter. Uh, Burns are no joke, and it's having safety around fire. You know, I get it. It's you want to be careful, you want to try your best, but God bless Joey Janela for going the distance and being in an explosion match and then taking the flight from Tokyo back to the U.S. God, with just wounds. Wounds. Have you ever had a really bad burn? Not like that. I've had like, oh, I burnt myself like very badly in a small spot from cooking or something. Yeah. But not like, you haven't had the, like, as you're trying to go to sleep, your body feels like it's on fire. I have not had this one. It's I'm awful. not looking forward to this. It's fucking I've dealt awful. with a lot of pain, Peter, and I don't like learning new pains. Yeah. But once you feel like you have kind of a grip it's on unique. pain. It's yeah, I imagine it sure. is. Because he was describing it, and he's like, you don't understand. Like, I've been through pain before. I've seen Joey do the craziest shit of all time. There's no one who's done crazier shit than Joey. And if... If his interaction with Hulk Hogan last night is any indication, I hope this gets out in the public. He's He has dealt with a lot of pain before, and he was like, this shit sucks. So I get it. We ate Mexican food, but here's the Mexican food we ate that was so important. I looked down the menu, and it says enchiladas ensenada, which apparently is lobster enchiladas. And I said, Allison... We need to eat these lobster enchiladas. So we split a chorizo dip and had lobster enchiladas. And all I could think was, our poops are going to be the same. And I don't like that looking at these dishes. But it was fine. It worked out fine. Um, turns out it wasn't the same because I ate a bunch of snacks later. This is a weird thing to bring up. But it is weird when you're like, we're having an identical meal. Like, <laughs> But my initial thought is never. It's, it's more like, oh, we're breaking bread together. We're going to poop the gonna- same. <laughs> that's my initial thought okay. I'm looking at these it was the best enchiladas I've ever had and it was just like stuffed with lobster meat with this seafood it's cream crazy. sauce I can't imagine my my original trainer White Trash Fred told me he said don't eat on show days which is not good advice and uh, I'm gonna give better advice which is don't have a full Mexican fiesta meal right before you're about to have a crazy trios match in a hundred degree a hundred percent humidity uh, gymnasium full of 500 people. You have cheese and seafood. I am bloated and stuffed <laughs> with cream sauce, lobster, chips and dip, chorizo cheese, and I'm about to have to go fight a bunch of people who are under the age of 25. 
Now, I'm not that old, but I am older than that. And I'm like, I'm going, God, kids, slow down. Please, this lobster enchiladas, they're holding me up. The show itself was very sick, a very good card. Uh, and I put out my Costco Reeves action figure on my merch table because I was feeling cheeky. And someone came up to me and they said, do you know who's here? And I said, no, I don't know who's here. And they said, Trinity Fatu, a.k.a. former WWE superstar, Naomi, feel the glow, Naomi, walked out with uh, the bad girl herself, Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, a.k.a. Costco Reeves herself, because fuck that Tapaccio-looking, mustachioed motherfucking dictator piece of shit. Did you see the new WWE belt last night that they debuted? No. It looks like Vince put in WWE Gold Championship into AI art, and that's what it made. And instead of having too many fingers, it just has like flailing, wild, messy designs that don't make any sense. And it doesn't look good, and no one will tell him no. And the last people who did tell him no had to get hush money settlements from him. <laughs> What's trending right now is WWE belt ugly. <laughs> yes, it's horrendous. It just is the worst parts of all belts that they've ever found. And the going rumor is that they're just going to put it on Roman Reigns anyway. So he has three belts, and he's dominant, and he's the Bruno San Martino of our generation. To which I say... Roman's never beat me, motherfucker. I ain't scared of that motherfucker. I saw Jay Uso in the airport, and he's very tall and strong and powerful, but he ain't as big as Effie, so bring it on, Roman. And uh, back to what we were talking about. Yeah, it just Not looks to, dumb. It's very It's just gaudy and shitty and whatever. Uh, and I challenge everyone to cage matches, and I'll win the belt for real. doesn't matter. It looks like what people think fancy rich living is actually like. Like it's like it's just fake luxury. Yeah. Look at this Bolex watch. It's a Bolex watch. I think uh, we need to get rid of gaudy championship belts to begin with. I don't want to carry around belts. You know what I want? This sounds horrible. I want uh, a, a small team of efficient workers to carry around a large golden statue of me, and that will be my championship. And I'm not wearing a belt. I'm not carrying this heavy thing around. I'm not checking in my fucking luggage. If you want me to be your champion, you make a gold statue of me, and you find a team to carry it around. Because this stupid-ass belt shit, I, I made wrestling gay, and it is so much gayer than we could imagine. No wonder. People are mad that I said wrestling is gay, and the regular public is like, I know. But they're talking about, like, you know, Triple H sweaty with a gold belt, talking about how this is the only thing that, it, that he's worked his whole life for. I mean, it's the same thing as going and having like a, a crystal brunch at an old gay man's house, and he's like, look at the plates. Look at the table. This is real birch. You're just like, you're, uh, you're bragging about something that doesn't really feel like these grown tough men should be bragging about. It's very stupid. I'm jumping back to Trinity, Trinity Fatu, aka Naomi, because I heard she was there. I didn't, I didn't have time to go talk with her. I was very busy. I was doing things. I'm a you know global icon, and I'm returning to my the state that I began in, the state that Effie started in. So you know, needless to say, I am over as fuck in in Florida, all parts of Florida, because I'm the uh, the boy who lived. <laughs> as Joey Janela said, he goes, "You're one of the only ones that got out of there." I said, "I know, I know, I got out." Uh, but I went back and I saw her. If you think about it, we're all the boy who lived. Oh, we're all here. We're all here. We've lived through the problems. I tried to kill you. We tried to kill Harry Potter, and then uh, Voldemort herself said, we'll cast new children and ruin their lives, too. It's going to be horrendous. I watched, I unfortunately watched the last James Bond movie with uh, Daniel Craig, 
and Ralph Fiennes, they just like made him look like shit in that movie. My God, uh, was he? He was in Casino Royale too, wasn't he? I believe because so. he's the like, yeah Casino Royale. I really liked this last I one. Not loved so good. I rewatched part of Casino Royale, but it was not the part you want to rewatch. It was like that final stretch where he's like can't save that woman, and it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. heart wrenching. Yeah. But to see the aging of Daniel Craig across that, like I don't think we notice it because it's like we're just waiting for the movies to come out. He, that man aged across those Bond movies yeah. more than Obama being president. I was literally about to say that. He's he Obamaed through his uh yeah. Joe Biden, he's been the same age since he was 40 years old. It's crazy. Which is how the oldest man of all same. time. The oldest man that's ever lived. Somebody put the Cody Rhodes music over one of his like entrances he just did, and he does the same little like strut thing and then gives the people a wave. And I was like, yeah, this is this is the future for Cody. Cody's out there wearing banana hats talking about he's a main eventer. I don't know. Good for you. Get the money. But uh, as one of your recent co-workers said, I can't work for that dictator much fucking longer. He's crazy as shit. And then you can figure out who said that. I'm not going to tell on anybody. But they're about to go back to Saudi Arabia. So I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of movement from who is uh, actually there. Trinity, I just got to this story. We're jumping all over the place posted us on her Instagram story and gave us the highest compliment in wrestling, which is these, these three right here had me entertained the whole time from the moment we walked through the curtain to the moment we walked back. And I saw that, that we are captivating the entire time that you want to watch what we are doing. We are not just wrestlers. We are an experience. And to put me, my lovely sister, Allison, my lovely sister, dark Sheik, together, you are asking for trouble because Allison is the most professional wrestler of the group, okay? And I say this in a sense of like her structuring, her timing, her, you know, the way she places things. It is incredible. Me and Dark Sheik, we've been doing this a long time. She's been doing it a lot longer than me. The casual nature of which she'll just kind of change what she's doing because she thinks something is funny or wants to try something or somebody's not paying attention. We are a mess as a trio. And we are, if you ever look on the apron, if it's me and Sheik over there, we are cracking the fuck up. And that you should have fun doing this. I asked my opponent Sunday, and I don't want to jump too far ahead. I said, what percentage of your matches do you have absolute like joyful fun during? While you're having the match, do you have joy in your heart? He said, maybe 15%. And me and Dark Sheik are of the belief that every time you wrestle... It should be fucking enjoyable yeah. and fun. And I want to pass that along to people. So if you took the Gabe seminar, let me tell you the Effie seminar. It You should enjoy what you're doing and what you're performing. And uh, hearing from a lot of the PC people who made a little stop by to say, hey, um, no names and, and don't give anybody heat. It sounds like my Gabe promo made the rounds at the WWE Performance Center. Now, you got to understand, they gave, gave the job where they're like, you're a scout. So don't be here because you don't need to be here. Don't come to this office. Just go to indie shows and annoy them instead. And then I, I, I see him out on the indie shows and I go, you don't need to be here. So now this man is stuck in purgatory between everyone laughing at him at the PC because he's a fucking jabroni and everyone laughing at him at these indie shows because he's a fucking jabroni who has a track record of, um, well, I mean, he can point to things, but everybody else got over before he ever booked them. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do, Gabe? Turns out the, the greatest gift of all is uh, you should have just left and sold NFTs like the fucking loser you are. Oh, Web3? NFTs? You fucking jabroni. You're going to take that guy's seminar who's trying to sell you on the, the apes? 
oh yeah, I got I bought two Ethereum apes. There's future. This is the future of art. Go fucking go sit on go sit on rocks, motherfucker. You fucking loser. And also, like the NFT thing fucking sucks because it actually like it gave me hope at one point. Well, it's an interesting concept in a lot of ways. I heard the way that GameStop uh, was going to start working with it was when you purchase digital games, you would have them locked into a yeah. particular portion of the of the uh, blockchain so that when you sold it, it has its own thing. You could resell theoretically right. digital games yeah. under this program. There are ways to make it make sense, but this dude's a dumbass, so he's not going to be the one that makes it make sense. I can't. I just can't imagine that like every facet of your life Anywhere you are, you're such a corny loser. I just like, it's it blows my mind. Some people are listening to this and they're like, "Effie, you got to stop bullying this guy." Not until he leaves the industry that he continues to fuck up. Not until he walks his ass out of here and says, "I will never return again." Will I will I stop bullying this man? You know what's you know what one thing is that we have we don't have in common. What's that? I've experienced love. Damn. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. All right, I'm jumping ahead. I sound like a dick. Uh, is that a Mr. Smoke or whatever? This is a Mr. Mr. Fog, Fog that I yeah, stole yeah. from someone this can weekend. I hit that? You absolutely can. It's grape. It hits. It fogs, baby. This is the stupid thing about working at a vape store is you become a vape connoisseur. You know which ones are going to rip. Yeah. And people will bring these into the store all the time, and I'm always... Magic Cotton Grape Ice. Cotton candy grapes, you know, they're popular right now. Frozen cotton candy grapes, now a vape. Ooh, that's really nice. I wish it had nutritional value so I could just vape my calories. Yeah, I know, I know. Maybe I'm asking for something even worse. The match itself, I have to remind people, I've wrestled in this building before, the Inglewood Center. Oh my God, I just remembered something, Peter. Oh my God, and it'll be in the vlog video that's going to be like a three-week vlog video. This is a community center. With multiple rooms, we were in the largest room. I walked in and they were doing like Bible plays in one of the rooms before our show. And there was overlap to where like, I'm talking about like children in togas with fake baby animals performing Bible stories while I'm walking in, hitting my vape going, who the fuck are we fighting tonight? What are we doing? It is such a cross of culture, but we're all performing entertainment, you know? And I will say, uh, it seems like the baby Jesus meet and greet line was only slightly shorter than the Effie meet and greet line. So good for him. It seems like he's fixing that PR. He's getting through his crisis. Maybe people will come back to him, but we are going to have to admit he wasn't a, a blue-eyed white man. Probably. He was a little brown baby, and he was beautiful, and he was great, and he did magic tricks, and he was drunk. I really wanted to pull up this Bible verse. I can't find it now, but I reread it, and it's just like it was pounding me in the face of what a little cunt Jesus was all the time. Like, Every sentence from him is cunty. And it makes me think I'm completely correct in my full indication that he was a weird little gay boy with magic powers. And he was just like, let's see what we can pull off. Let's see what we can do here. Um, one of the sentences that I was trying to bring up, and this was the sentence before he's about to provide this feast for everyone. And he goes, uh, they're like, Moses, they ate the bread of God in the desert, Jesus. They ate the manna. And he goes... That wasn't the real bread of God. I am the real bread of God. And I read it, obviously, in that voice. But to be like, that was fake bread. They were eating fake bread with Moses. I'm the real bread. You want to eat me? And then he just starts peeling off pieces of bread until everybody's full. It is pure cunt. We are serving cunt. And when I say cunt, I'm not. I'm saying, can you not, thanks? Like the new dark chic shirt. Either way, I'm jumping around. 
our ancestors ate the manna in the desert. This is written in the scriptures. God gave them the bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses was not the one who gave you bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. God's bread is the one who comes down from heaven and gives us life to the world. And the people said, sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said, I am the bread that gives life. I need to, can you, okay, you read the line that says, sir. Sir, give us this bread always. I am the bread and the life. All I can think of is Miss Sasha Colby on stage and the fans are looking up and they're going, give us this bread, give us the bread. And she's going, I'm serving fucking bread all the time. I am bread. I am life. I am eternal. And there's so much of me. It is, it just reads gay and horny. And these men are all walking around in linen dresses and talking about their magic powers. And he's going, I'm going to give a little speech on a hill. This is from the International Children's Bible. I was like, this seems a little dumbed down. Give us the bread. Give us the breath. Okay, it's John 6, 32 through 51, if was you want it? to pull it in New King James. All right, this is perfect. Why did I think it was in Galatians? I don't know. Let's, let's um, so I'm reading through a new astrology book at the moment, uh-huh. and the author very casually mentions, oh, yeah, Jesus had Venus and Aquarius. And I go, how, wait, how do you have this man's birth chart? <laughs> That's not real. That's not real? He wasn't. He was born in tax season, you dummy. Uh, you said it was five? Yeah. Uh, and what, what verse are we looking at? Um, we are, no, six. John six, six 32 through 51. Oh so start God. at 32. Uh, I'm going to go back a little bit, a little bit further. I'm going to just read from chapter six. This is so stupid. The middle of our podcast, discussing my week in wrestling, it, it includes when I went to the hotel and opened this book up and read this. It, this was sent by God. So, you know, am I an atheist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up to a mountain and he sat there with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, one of my favorite feasts, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, he saw a great company come unto him. He saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove to him, for he knew himself what he would do. This is Jesus once again, the cuntiest. He goes, I know the answer, but I'm going to ask a rhetorical question real quick to see if you really follow me. Because I know what I'm going to do, but what are you going to do? Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that everyone may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter brother, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There's a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but why, what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Like, have all those boys sit. And now there's much grass around. And the men sat down, and there were 5,000 of them, which is once again just like gay men exaggerate a little bit sometimes, and it feels a little exaggerated. Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down and likewise of the fishes as many as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. Recycle your ship. Therefore, they gathered them together, filled the 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which had remained over and above unto them that they had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle of what Jesus did, said, this is a truth of the prophet that should come into the world. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force and make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. They're going to make me a king. I'm out of here. I'm going to meditate. When and when 
even was now, his disciples went down to the sea. So this dude just dips. And they're like, holy shit. They were going to make him the king, and he dipped. We better get out of here. They entered the sea and went over to the sea towards Capernaum. And it was now dark, and Jesus was not coming to them. And the sea arose by reason by... And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and 20 or 30 furlongs, let me just say this about the King James Bible. Y'all are to, to know in my heart that a bunch of rednecks go read this. And it is just the dumbest fucking British language of all time. Um, you think you're smarter than you are, but I'm about to read you out. A furlong is a point one, two, five of a mile. Uh, it took Odysseus 10 years to get home, and you could walk it in nine days. Everybody needs to get their distances correct. It's an, A mile is eight furlongs. It's furlong. How furlong is it? Uh, sorry. We're going to start here at verse 21. No, we're going to start at 19. So when they had rowed about five and 20 or 30 furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh into the ship, and they were afraid. But he saith unto them, It's I. Be not afraid. Then they willingly received him. I've been willingly received into the ship. And immediately the ship was at the land whither they went, which means this man walked in from the ocean and then they were at the dock. Like this is okay. We'll figure it out. It sounds like they might've, have you ever had your drink drugged and you just don't remember what happened and you wake up and you're at the dock already. He was walking on the water and he came and we willingly received him. And then we were here. I don't know. I don't know what happened the day following when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was no one, there was none other boat there, save the one that his disciples were entered, and that Jesus was not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Now, this is all in parentheses. Howbeit, there came other boats from Tiberias, nigh into the place where they did eat bread, after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum, speaking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me, not because you saw the miracles, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat that endureth. Whosoever gives everlasting life, which of the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then they said unto him, What shall we do, that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him who he hath sent. All you got to do is believe in me, okay? Like, did you see it? Did you eat the bread? It's real bread, right? You were filled up. Like, that's the fucking miracle I built it. I am the miracle. Labor. I don't like this translation, and it sounds way less gay here. So whoever gayed up the Gideon's translation, like, I want to meet this guy Gideon who leaves Bibles in hotels, and he's like, hey, it's me. It's Gideon. Like, oh, my God. I translated it. It's cuter because he has this line. They said unto him, Lord, Evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth in me shall never thirst. Which is like what drag queens say. Mm -hmm. Like if you come to me, you'll never be hungry and you'll never be thirsty again because I'm the bread. You can eat, eat, eat all this. You can eat all of this. Look at this spectacle. I'm the miracle. I'm the bread. That bread you were eating, that's not real bread. I'm the bread. I'm the bread, Peter. I'm the bread. We are the bread. I feel like there was another line here, and this has gotten out of control. This is Weekend at Effie's. We might just do a full Bible reading of the Gideon's version down the line. This boy is sassy. He knows all his answers. He's rolling around. He's pulling parlor tricks. Someone said that alcohol was against God. I'm going to go, well, then why does Jesus keep making everybody drunk at these parties? Okay. 
And boy, they said, well, it was different back then. Wine, wine had a lower percentage. Wine had a much lower percentage. Girl, no, I don't give a shit. Jesus wine that he made with miracles, that was actually uh, 100 proof. That's 50% alcohol wine. Okay? Disprove me. Go find some. Go look it up. Was Jesus following the beer before liquor rule? Was that what was happening there? Or was he just being... Because I always read it and was like, wait, he saved the best for last? Y'all are too fucked up to know if it's good anymore. What's the like? What's That's the true. difference? Well, I also like that like he played that little party prank where you're like, you know when your aunt is drunk and she's drinking red wine and she's going, I'm drinking blood! But he was going around the party going, you're drinking my blood. You're drinking my blood. You're drinking it. How's my blood taste? And they're like, what? Isn't this wine? And he's like, mm, is it? Mm. <laughs> What's that bread taste like? Because I'm the bread. I am the bread. I've gotten completely out of control here. It was so nice that Naomi enjoyed our, <laughs> our match. <clears throat> it was so good to see all my Florida friends again. And as I got in the ring, pouring sweat because it was so fucking hot in that building. And it reminded me of Florida. Uh, I kind of looked around and I spoke to Sawyer Wreck about this a bit because she was starting out in Florida too. And I knew her very early in her career. I said, this ain't the Florida we left. She said, I know. And I think that progress has been made in the world of wrestling. It's not there yet, but I'm going to keep being a loud fucking thorn in the side of everything. Uh, and continue trying to be the bread. You know what I mean? You don't have to believe in me. I don't require that. I don't even think I'm real. You don't have to even know I'm real. All right. But I'm going to provide that fucking bread. It's a sweet bread. It's possibly a cinnamon roll. If y'all were going to communion my ass, it would be, uh, coffee with oat milk and cinnamon rolls. I'd be like, the coffee's my blood. The cinnamon roll is me. Eat it. Live forever. It's the manna of eternity. <laughs> you having fun today, Peter? Yes. Now, beneficial to my lifestyle, I got to stay in Orlando two days in a row, which meant we finished the show. This is my, this is my body. It's Mexican lobster. Enchiladas. Yes. Enchiladas Ensenada represents my body, and this Don Julio Margarita is my blood. I still like that people think I'm drunk a lot of the time. They're, they're, they're editing my life of right now. And the guy who's editing it, and this isn't his fault, but he was like, it looks like y'all went out drinking and then you're all talking and hanging out of the house after this. And I was like, I'm not drunk here. I'm just, that's me. That's what I, that's what I act like. They are drunk. Everyone else in the video is drunk. I am not drunk. I am meeting them in the middle. Uh, I may have been born classically drunk, but July 1st, that's 10 years, no booze. Doesn't mean nothing, anything else. I'm very California about my sobriety, mm -hmm. but... The booze. I have no cravings for it. September 30th, seven years for me. Whoa! Mm -hmm. Look at us. Mm -hmm. Peter, we have so much big stuff coming up in our life, and we're going to be on such a journey together, and I'm so excited to see how our friendship continues to blossom, and you know, you can keep drinking my blood. I think it'll be good. <laughs> I think it'll be great. We'll figure that out. The, the new Patreon exclusive, if you're on Tier 2, we will we will be doing a, a Matson if you've been watching Succession. I'm going to send you a few prank bricks of my blood. Are you loving that it? destroyed me. I was like, you're fucking kidding. I bought a shirt last night that I just remembered I bought. And it is, I can't believe I bought this fucking shirt. It's Roman Roy in a heart. And it says, I can fix him. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to probably wear that shirt everywhere. I've never, like, I'm not, I'm not a person who buys TV shirts. I'm not even a person who buys clothes. But it popped up like on Etsy. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm uh, buying that shirt. I Have you seen the Cousin Greg one? Uh, I saw one that was Cousin Greg and Tom, and it looked like a hip-hop shirt, but it was them That's together. That's great. 
Um, let me see if I can find this. It's so, so funny. It has the the quote when he's asked to like give his opinion on something. Oh, yeah. If it is to be said, so it be, so it is. <laughs> if it is to be said, you know, so it be. So it is. Oh, my God. And it's like the hip-hop style, like... Old school trick daddy, uh, New Orleans vibe shirt. I'm obsessed. He, he season four, he is fucking insufferable, and I love it. But do you all? I don't want to spoil anything about succession. Well, here. one of our questions is about succession. Okay, we'll save we'll it, save so our succession talk later. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. I do just want to say Sarah Snook, who plays Shiv Roy. Mm-hmm. There are she made so many acting choices in the last episode that were. I can't. It was the cocaine scene. Yeah. As a woman with a certain. You know what's going on with her, right? And the pretending. Yeah. Oh. Do you remember that phone call at the end of the last one? Yeah. Yeah. So she's been fake sipping and fake cocaining and fake filling in, and no one knows. It's masterclass. Go watch that episode again. Go watch that episode again with that in mind. Yeah. It's. Oh, I don't, I'm not, I hope, oh, whoa. right. Whoa, 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 Right. Whoa. It's like, she's like, she's triple kayfabe acting in a yeah. situation. I can't even. Yeah. We're obsessed with you, Sarah Snoop. Come on the show. Oh my no God. one's ever been on the show. <laughs> You're the guest. You're our guest. I guess Matt Justice came in here. Well, he didn't talk on the show. No, though. no. I miss Matt Justice very much. How's he doing? He's doing great. His hand Good. is healing. He's going to be back. Uh, we missed him. We all keep telling him we missed him. He's. He's a miracle. He's a, a spirit. He's actually Jesus. Uh, and he, I don't know if you know this, at the, I've ever showed you the footage of him um, slitting the throat of the man who played Pinhead uh, dressed as a preacher at the Black Craft Wrestling Show? No. So like this show was, it's like historically. Like the OG Pinhead? Yes. So it's like historically one of the worst indie shows of all time because it was put together by a bunch of dudes who don't run indie shows and just ran like a weird goth clothing company. And they not only crucified someone on the show, but they also had Doug this Bradley? guy. Yeah, playing a, no shit. Playing, a uh, playing a pastor that they had Matt Justice slit his throat. Yeah. I, Hell yeah. It's a very bizarre, weird show. I'm proud of him. Uh, Sunday, though, I was wrestling again in Orlando. And... I slept in, I woke up, uh, you know, Allie and Sheik left early, but Jimmy and uh, Joey met up with me again. We got a little food, we got a little lunch, and it was time to wrestle. Now, why was this show important? Because it's the five-year anniversary of Mayhem on Mills, and I was the first ever Mayhem on Mills main event. I was the first main event of a Mayhem on Mills show. Five years later, I'm returning to the show, and I was fighting uh, another star of Netflix, believe it or not. Randy Wentworth, who is on a show that I've never seen on Netflix that is a show called Snowflake Mountain. Have you heard about this show? (laughs) No. All right. The concept of the show is they take a bunch of kids who are like spoiled and tell them they want a vacation and then force them to do a bunch of physical challenges on a mountain. And so he's on this show, Snowflake Mountain, Randy Wentworth. uh, And we had so much fun. I love reality for just how dumb. It's so dumb. I love it. And so we fought for his verified belt. And I feel like I feel like God is like stepping on the oxygen pipe of just all a, of reality at the moment. It's all real. So we battled for his verified belt, and 
I won the match, oh, and it was so fucking sweaty once again. Florida is so sweaty. Uh, fuck Ron DeSantis sweaty. and his pudding fingers and that weird face he made in Japan. He's not running for president, you know, but he's Mickey hanging out Mouse in Japan. Was his best man at his wedding. No, that's not real, is it? Is that true? Has, it, has their friendship broken it apart? Be. He edited all the photos so it wouldn't look like he has Disney one of the better toupees in politics, I would say. You know, he did get married to Disney, though. He got married at Disney? He got married at Disney. It's even funnier that they're cucking him now. He requested for there not to be any of the main Disney characters. Yeah. But he hasn't, there's no photos that exist with any characters. So there's no telling what weird, like, ass backwards racist OG Disney characters he decided to get for his wife. If nobody was going to find out, I imagine he just got four hung goofies to just. (laughs) I hope so. Bukaki his ass. You know, they say in Florida, you're not supposed to say gay. And I just want to say, we taught hundreds of children how to say gay. We went around and we taught them all. We taught the children. God bless. God bless you, every child. Now, I had this match for the verified belt. We're just going to roast Elon Musk for a minute. Because what a fucking petulant, dumbass child with a child role-playing account where he pretends he's a three-year-old. Yeah, 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 yeah. What the fuck? What the fuck? So the belt is a verified belt. Uh, because he's a Netflix superstar and I beat him for the belt, but he said it's not enough because I'm not verified. I can't actually win the belt and he's not verified either. It doesn't matter. Uh, but he took the belt back from me and, you know, back in the day being verified meant you were historically a part of something. And now it means, um, you're a Nazi who gives $8 to a dumbass who got hundreds of thousands of dollars from an emerald mine, uh, built on slavery from his home country. How does that make you feel, you fucking dumbass Nazi piece of shit? Did you see that he came out and he was like, I'll give anyone a million dollars if they come up with evidence of the Emerald Mine? And his literal dad dad, was like, yeah. yeah, uh, I made a lot of money at the Emerald (laughs) Mine, bro. I made a lot of Emerald Mine money. Have you seen his mom? No. Well, you may have seen her uh, when Jodie Foster played her in the film Elysium. (laughs) 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 Because she's a fucking space witch. Like, if you told me he found her on Mars, that'd be, it would make more sense. What a fucking family of losers. Yeah, right, dude? She looks like she would fucking incinerate you if she had the choice. Yeah, seriously. She does not seem nice. She literally looks like real-life Corella DeVille. I like that. I like that she is committed to being a real-life heel in a way that is... Both visual. I heard she got cast for Dune 2, and then they figured out she wasn't doing a bit, and they said she had to go home. They fed her to the worms. Are you ready to see Timothy Chalamet surfing on a worm? Yes. Surfing on a worm. When's that? That's this year, right? It is this year. Uh, and tomorrow, we'll be venturing on our beautiful trip to see Bo is Afraid. Mm-hmm. We were going to go today, and I'm glad we didn't. I'm glad yeah. we can talk about this here. Uh, we are going to be talking about a lot of films and television on our Patreon episode uh, weekendatfies.com if you oh, haven't signed up. I got some notes. You got some notes? I got some notes. I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I have notes. I have trivia. I have a lot. Okay. I, I was hoping you would have a lot of information because I loved both of these films. Uh, I really loved the last 20 minutes of The Phantom more than I liked the first hour. <laughs> I I was actually... Uh, the nostalgia... You know what? We'll talk about it on the movie. We will so. talk about if that on If you want to hear us talk about The Phantom, Effie Bird the and Patreon. Peter Burt, double feature at the movies. <laughs> Fuck Gene Siskel, you loser. Is he dead? He's dead. Good. <laughs> Wait, no. He's alive. Well... No, which one's still alive? I know Ebert's dead, 
and they built a statue of him. Wasn't there a third one? Um, are you talking about Gravy Man? Gravy Man. He was feeding him gravy. I might have made him up. What? I got a lot of problems in my memory. You know the Gravy Man, and he comes yeah. in the night, he pours that gravy right down your gullet, fills you up with the with, with the creamy flavors of meat. I need a sauce that's creamy, but it's made of meat. Well, son, have you heard of gravy? It's pretty good. Uh, Mayhem on Mills rules, though. It was a lot of punk people there. It was a lot of people I haven't seen in a while. It's a very much so casual wrestling crowd. You're losing your mind right now, I aren't am. you? When the gravy man comes in the night and pours that gravy, you better slurp, slurp, or you're not going to get all your essential nutrients, okay? When the tooth fairy comes, you put your tooth under the pillow. When the gravy man comes, you sleep with your mouth open. Yeah. Mommy, clothespin my nose. The gravy man comes tonight, and I don't want to miss my slurp. Gravy man, gravy man, give me some meat. Only a little bit and only emulsified in a sauce. <laughs> Punk rock party wrestling. That's what Mayhem on Mills is all about. Uh, I had a spectacular time, but after I was done with that, I was like, holy fuck, am I cooked? Everybody was like going out again. I love this. Like, I've started being dumbfounded because we'll get to like the end of a show. It's like 1130. I'm doing merch. And everybody's like, are you going out? I'm like, what the? F- did anyone fucking see what I just did for 12 hours? Going out? What are you talking? Y'all are. But then I realized it kind of like, I don't drink. So it's, I'm not really like, there's no benefit to me going out. Uh, so instead, like I said, I went back and watched The Hobbit, The De- Desolation of Smaug. Smaug. I love the footage Smaug. of Bene- Benedict Cumberpatch crawling around on the ground doing the voice. What a fucking, what a weirdo. Uh, sorry, one more succession line. I'm really sorry. When he goes, there's more of you? <laughs> yeah. We had our whole Skarsgård yeah. adventure last yeah. week. Uh, proud of the Skarsgårds for being weird as shit. Uh, we need more weird acting families that are concerning yeah. to us as regular citizens. Not that they're causing anyone harm, but to where, like, if you ask a normal person, like, what do you think about this family? They'd be like, they're the devil. They must be. They're Hollywood liberal underground blood-sucking elites. It's not blood, it's wine. It's what I need. It's what I want. I finished. I was tired. I went to the hotel. This is the funniest part, though, is I had to wake up at 4 to get to my flight, and... Jimmy was coming in from going out at four. So we just swapped beds. He was like, are you leaving? I was like, I'm leaving. He's like, I'm getting back. And I was like, see ya. See you later. So I made it back home. I made it safe. Uh, I've got a, a stressful few weeks ahead, Peter, but we're going to make the most of it. And we're going to do our best. And we're going to go with the flow. You know what I'm not going to do? Fight fate. Okay. We're going to fade our way through this. We're going to find our way through this. We're going to look back in years and smile at, you know, how silly and young we all were. And we're going to find joy in the chaos. You know, I'm not jumping too far ahead. I landed very early yesterday. I went to fucking bed all day. I streamed again, like I said, and now I'm looking forward to this weekend. I Thursday, I'm going to be at second wrestling, which is in, uh, Palatine, Illinois at dirty Nellie's doing a four way match. And the promoter hit me up and said, and I, sometimes I can't tell via text, obviously, like what's dead serious and what's not. And the promoter said, hey, I've had some trouble with the ASCAP, which is the, like, they're like the, the music cops. Okay. And so they would come to you if, like, you were using unlicensed music. And he said, we right. got yelled at in November for using unlicensed music. And I said, were you streaming it? He said, no. He said, so if there's just any way that you have, like, a, a song that isn't licensed, I don't know the, the standings of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. And I said, 
Um, we'll figure it out. Number one. Number two, I can hide a body. And he was like, what? And I, I didn't even realize at the time this promoter is like a rabbi and like he's like a very good uh, man of faith. And I'm over here going like, if you see this ass cap guy, I'll kill him and hide the body. I've never worked for this man before. This is someone who's paying me to do my job for the first time. And I am threatening to hide someone's body because they won't let me use my theme song. It's like, you know, in a joking manner, but he doesn't know that I joke about everything. So he's like, I don't think... I don't think that's the direction we want to go with this. If you could just work with me on it. I said, okay, I won't kill anyone. But if you're looking for Goodbye Yellow Brick Road at this show, it may not be there, but I may just be a I may just be a wild child and do my own intro. We'll see how it goes. Maybe the Queens of the Stone Age cover. I was waiting to turn heel before I used that one because it's very menacing. But maybe we use that and it's not ASCAP protected. Also, if you speed up a song by 8% or slow a song down by 8%, the technology and computers that they use cannot verify that that's mm-hmm. the actual song. So there's a trick around it. The 8% rule, 8% bigger, 8% smaller is the way to go. Uh, this weekend, that show, obviously, Second Wrestling. Friday, I have a day off in Chicago, which I'm very excited about. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. Uh, and then Saturday, I will be at Prestige Wrestling in a death match against the Devil Drexel. Uh, returning to Roseland. A lot of big matches on that card. I love looking over a card and going like, I'm glad I'm not in that match, but then also realizing my match is going to be the most suffering, cut my skin open, bleed everywhere in Portland match. And then Sunday, I'm going to Glory Pro. We're fighting for the Glory Pro Tag Team Championships. I am back with my sister. Uh, we will be doing a whatnot from one of the one of the Glory Pro people's accounts, doing some online signings for Sunday for that Glory Pro show. So... Look for links on that if you want. It'll be it'll be fun. It'll be quick. It'll be exciting. Uh, I'm excited to be back on the road. I'm not going to be at Bamboozle. I'm making the choice to take one weekend of rest before I go to the UK. Smart. Because that next Friday is Effie's Big Gay UK Brunch. Now, Peter, I sent you a picture yesterday that was a... Did you get it? The really did, Maybe I didn't send you this picture. Did I really not send you this picture yesterday? I, it's possible you did, and my brain just didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't. I'm going to send it to you right now. Now, this just gave me hope. This is not obviously the picture that I am going to bank it on, but the fact that it exists and I could see it is phenomenal because that Monday after, hopefully we will know my legal fate and standing um, and that I am not being imprisoned after May 15th. <laughs> <gasps> Yes. You can see the braid. Once I get the high def version of this photo, it is over for you hoes. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. The mugshot of all mugshots, my friend. Wow, that hoodie is cursed, isn't it? It is a cursed hoodie. Shout out to the band State Champs. I have only ever been detained or arrested by the police wearing my State Champs hoodie. I might auction it off, but I have a feeling it's a cursed item. Like, there's no way this is not a cursed item. Yeah. How? How? I don't. I haven't put it back on since. I did DM them a picture. I said, does this give me street cred? (laughs) I will never wear it again. Is this giving me street cred? (sighs) I'm going to be a good boy, Peter. Uh But marijuana, cannabis, THC should not be an illegal item. Mm -mm. It is so stupid. It is so dumb. Let the people smoke weed. I figured it out the other day. The Republicans are the only people not smoking weed, and they're the only ones causing problems. Everybody else in America is stoned. Middle schoolers, high schoolers. I'm not saying I approve of it. Liberal moms, 
drunk dads, they've switched to cannabis. But with the Republicans, here's what we got to do. I'm not saying you should drug people's drinks without their permission, but I am saying that every Republican you meet who's loud and who's mad about Tucker Carlson, just maybe lie and say they're not edible gummies and feed them, and I think we can cure this country if we all just get stoned once. What if Joe Biden came out tomorrow and he said, could everybody chill the fuck out and just today smoke a little weed? That, see, we're in this weird zone where people don't know if it's a part of the uh, AI Joe Biden that's playing video games with Obama and Trump. Oh, my God. When they're on Fortnite together like my, trying to get a victory royale. Exactly. My favorite TikToks are that exactly where it's stuff that Biden actually said and then people reacting to it and going, Is oh, AI? that was real. That was a real one. <laughs> this one was a real one. Uh, he had a great one the other day where he was like, I may be a white boy, but I'm not dumb. He is going forward with the draft. He keeps tripping on these fucking rocks. So if you are between the ages of 18 and 29, you will be up for the draft. You got to start picking these fucking rocks up. Joe is pissed. All right. He's got his orthopedic <laughs> shoes. He's walking around. He's trying to get there. You got rocks everywhere. This country's a disaster. Somebody clean this shit up. I'm going to keep going back to this bit until he acknowledges it. Should I try to get a meeting with him? It's probably Renowned easy. LGBTQ pro wrestling icon yeah. after trying to meet with the president about reinstating the draft. Oh, I heard about a crazy fucking movie that nobody can watch. Okay. Um, it's called Hello Dankness, and it is a Hello art Dankness, project. Hello Dankness, my old friend. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's just movies cut together, completely like all copyrighted shit that they can't get cleared whatsoever. And they CGI'd in a bunch of stuff. So it is basically Tom Hanks from the Burbs being a Bertie supporter and then like his neighbor being a Hillary supporter. And then the whole thing is about how Trump gets elected. Oh, but no. it's all done through like uh, Wayne's World is one of the movies they pull from, like a bunch of other shit. I've, you know, mentally been working on a master script of a similar film where we just cut up all the Jim Carrey movies yeah. into a single movie. Yeah. And it's from all of the universes of Jim Carrey. I love this. And so it'll go from like Eternal Sunshine to The Grinch. Yeah. And then back to Mr. Popper's... I can't say that word. Um, and then... <laughs> and then maybe it cuts right to Liar Liar. And then all of a sudden he's in The Mask. And then he's Ace Ventura climbing out of the <laughs> hole. And it'll make sense. And it'll win an Oscar... And Jim Carrey will finally get his best actor, uh, best acting Oscar award um, from work he's already done. The, the future of cinema. Brilliant. I highly suggest movie fans that you watch Robin Wright in the Congress because I'm fairly certain it's already happening. You seen this film? No, you've talked about. Yeah, it. Yeah, I'm oh, obsessed with this to... film. It is. It's. It's not a big film. It didn't have a big release. Uh, I think because of the material, a lot of people didn't want to watch it. But she sells her soul. And I think it's an important film to watch because they can continue using Robin Wright forever, CGI'd, and uh, not actually her acting. Uh, 2013? 2013. Okay. Fantastic film. Check it out. Weird film. Don't do mushrooms before you watch this film because it gets out of control quick. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's worth a watch. I'm going to add it to my letterboxed. All right, Peter, listen, okay? Maybe we just sit down here and we get my letterbox going. But I can't help that there is some weird OCD inside of me that until I can mark every film I've ever seen and had it rated, that it's an, it's a useless service to Look, me. I was talking to Ben from Movie John over the weekend, yep. and I gave him a film recommendation, and he was like, oh, I'll add it to that thing that Taylor hates. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, 
It's uh, I do follow Insane Letterboxd on on Twitter. Have you followed this? Oh, and this it's is... the weirdest reviews from people on Letterboxd films that are just like, like it'll be five stars and it'll be like, go away. I can't look at Jane Fonda's face anymore. And you're like, what? What is happening here? This is Bizarro Land. Yes, Insane Letterboxd is worth a follow on Twitter. Um, are we insane if we go for the triple viewing? If we go for the MI Oppenheimer Barbie? No. I mean, we, we, we have, have to, to film it. the breakdown over the course of the day, though. Oh, it's yeah. This is definitely going to be a vlog of the in between. Have you ever seen the video of when Tim and Eric go to see Shrek Two? No, it is. They go to the premiere of Shrek Two, and they're just talking about how much Shrek action there is, and how many new voice actors there are, how excited they are. It's going to be like that. Boppenheimer, baby, Boppenheimer. It's a crossover event of the future. Uh, Peter, do we have any questions? We do. Une question. Uh, the questions. Also, Patreon giveaway. Patreon giveaway. Yes, we are giving away. I have it here. One of these Effie Custom Russell Con Bloody Purple Variant Bendies, which retail for over $7,000, I decided. Because I don't have any more of the house, so they must be expensive. Uh, if you're tier one, you get one entry. If you're tier two, you get two entries. Pretty simple. We will do the drawing on May 1st. That is coming up very quickly. Coming up, uh, what, next Monday? Next Monday yeah, will be the pool. So. May 1st is next Monday. Um, we are very excited. Yeah. You will win the giveaway. I hope you win the giveaway. I hope you're subscribed. You got to be subscribed on May 1st when the crossover happens. We will be doing that giveaway. It's very exciting. And Peter has done such a wonderful job with this Patreon. I feel like I can do something to help with it, uh, including doing a giveaway. Yes, quite exciting. Uh, questions, my good friend. All right, this is from Julie. Hello. How has all the aggressive anti-LGBTQ legislation affecting wrestling or even just life in a red state zone? I feel very sheltered here in California, but concerned for community members either living in or traveling through those states and getting hit the hardest, be it wrestlers or fans. Yeah, I think it definitely adds you know, a panopticon kind of fear. And I'm saying this, you as love someone, that word after playing control, don't you? Panopticon. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite word ever. It's I remember word. I had an English teacher my first year of college who not only let us watch the big Lebowski, he was just like, we're going to uh, analyze the big Lebowski. He also was like really into going panopticon. And I remember him cause he wasn't much older than us. And it was like one of those like adjunct, we got to find an English professor yeah. and he didn't have a syllabus. And he was just like, yeah, I don't know. Let's read the panopticon. This shit is very crucial. Panopticon. Just say it, just feel it. Um, I love the panopticon. I think that there is reference to it here because, you know, speaking with dark Sheik, someone who's more affected by these laws where, you know, the drag laws, the trans laws, they do not allow her to legally perform in these States, be it Missouri or Florida recently. Uh, but once your boots on the ground, you kind of realize like, who's going to enforce this? Who's going to walk in this room and tell dark sheik, she can't perform. The cops right. going to show up and do it. You're going to go fight, you know, wrestling fans who love dark sheik, who think she's fucking awesome. You're going to, you're not even going to get to the ring. She'll point at you and do a scissor and they'll go cut your ass. It's magic to see that, uh, there is power to fighting against it and there's nothing they can do about it. Ron DeSantis, you little fuck. I was gay all weekend. I was dressed in women's pantyhose. I was with my beautiful trans sister, and we fought against your shit. Thrissy is over. Thrissy made money in your state. Thrissy will not put money back into you, and we will make sure that you're a sad old man who no one remembers. Hell yeah. That's the goal. That's the plan. It's not easy. It's not fun, but 
if we listen to them, if we follow their laws, if we say, oh, well, since it's not allowed, we better make adjustments, that's where they win. Let me tell you about the phrase, be gay, do crime, okay? You want to make our existence illegal, right? The crime being gay. So if our existence is a crime, then that means everything we do is a crime, which means we may as well commit some fucking crime. Burn down a target. I don't give a fuck. Steal shit from the grocery store. Wreck public property. Be gay, do crime. Don't let them fucking think they have control over us. If your laws have decided that a human being's existence is illegal, then all of your laws are fucking bullshit. Every one of your laws is not worth following if your laws are based in denying human existence. You dumb fuck. I keep thinking about the Pink Panthers back in the day. Now, they get a little flat because they did take their name from the Black Panthers, and they're not a black organization. But if you're not familiar with the Pink Panthers in San Francisco and in some bigger gay cities, probably New York City and those areas, uh, there were men, giant men, kind of like Pero, who would roam the streets at night making sure that queer people were left alone, making sure that those who didn't feel comfortable defending themselves were able to get home safe, able to live freely, able to live safely. I'm bringing it back. I want people to know I am violent. I have a criminal record, allegedly. I'm a drug user, and I will fuck you up if you mess with our people. And here's the fact. They can most most of the time handle themselves, but they shouldn't fucking have to. They should have people there who are jacked up and... Maybe suck a little dick and also want to fight your ass and beat the shit out of you because consequence is a beautiful way of letting people know what they shouldn't do again. If your mom tells you not to touch the stove because there's a flame, well, you're going to try to touch that stove and you're going to get burnt. She warns you for a reason. We're past the warnings. I'm the flame. I'm the fucking flamer and I will put fire to your goddamn life if you fuck with my people. I will keep arguing in these states. We will keep fighting this shit. It's getting scarier and danger dangerous out there. You know, Joey Janela didn't even realize it's illegal for Dark Sheik to perform in these states. And once he realized that, he's like, this is fucking crazy. This is the craziest shit I've ever heard. We have to inform people of how bizarre it is. We have to have regular people speak up a little bit because the extreme voices are going to be the loudest. They're going to be the loudest ones. Stop being a centrist. Stop saying both sides have points. There's a side that wants to eradicate people because of who they are. And there's a side who doesn't want to really get too involved. Don't be either one of those sides. Mm -hmm. Be loud. Love your people. Let them know they're loved. Let them know they're safe. Because I'm sure it feels pretty fucking lonely to look around a country you live in and they are trying to make you illegal. Pretty much sounds shitty as possible. I can't think of a worse thing than waking up and being like, oh, it's illegal for me to live where I am living. It is illegal for me to exist. They are allowed to detain me because I exist. It's fucking bizarre. We won't stop. We will. We will handle business. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how else to get into it. I'm fired up. I love that I'm right on the cusp of. I told Joey. I said, "Listen, this performer's life is beautiful, but there's a good chance in the next five years I'm going to be running an underground militia and uh, create, creating the New Lords Army against these fucking losers." And I'll do it. I love being a performer and entertainer. I love helping my people. But I will rise up and use my charisma and leadership to lead the good fight if I must. I'm not scared. I got a plan, bro. You think I'm scared? I'm not scared. Never been scared. I'm ready. Now I'm just riding out being Effie until it's time. Until it's time for the new world order, baby. Not the NWO. We're not letting Hogan in our group. <laughs> Fucking anti-vax piece of shit. He's doing the, the Hogan thing to a let's go Brandon. Here, let's go, Brandon, and he'll go. Wow. You know, 
Hulk must pose. I have a joke that I can't repeat here about me and Hogan, but it's, we've got, I've, I'm going to steal all of the things Hogan was good at and then not be Hulk Hogan. You know, here's an example. Hogan never ran in on a run-in. He walked in confidently and pointed at you like, you know what's fucking coming. Effie stole that. I'm ru- I'm walking in all my run-ins now. But I'm also not going to be a bigoted piece of shit who tries to protect his son after he killed someone in a DUI. Oh, oh, we're not supposed to talk about that. We're not supposed to talk about how Hulk Hogan's a, a racist piece of shit. Yeah, we are. We're talking about it. Okay, sorry. That got out of line. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about some other bigots. Uh, this is from Rick. <laughs> For both of you, how do you think succession is going to end? I think Shiv is going to find out Roman slash Kendall are going to fuck her over, and then she is going to do the fucking over on both of them and Tom. Somehow Greg may also take a fall for something. Maybe even the fall maybe even the fall guy for Kendall's little secret little secret that the siblings know. Uh I think everyone loses but Khan. Damn. I think Big Khan is the only one that comes out of this looking decent. And to see that last episode, and like I'm, I've always been a Roman Roy fan, but this season specifically, they've moved him to lead actor for the Emmys to try to get him nominated uh-huh. for that, which lets me know that there's probably going to be a lot more Roman stuff. But the way he is fighting his own emotions and portraying that, and when he was sent the picture while they were on the ski gondola this time, um, it's incredible, but I can't see anyone else ending with a happy ending. Everyone's kind of a dumbass who thinks they're smarter than they are. Um, I also, his backbone is so much weaker in this season, even though he's trying to appear more of a man, but he's just bending to everything that Ken is telling him to do every time, every time. And even in his moments of strength, they're coming from a place of weakness, almost of outburst versus thoughtful. I mean that whole confrontation. I love, I love Sarsgaard calling up Shiv at the end and being like, send me a photo of him. And they're both just like, (laughs) yeah, Shiv, no uh, one wins. No one wins. No one wins. No one's that smart. Mm -hmm. And you know, the, the, the WWE problem is that, you know, you're supposed to be asking where's Roman every time he's not on camera, Roman Reigns, that is not Roman Roy. Um, and now this, the beauty of that same problem is Logan's dead and everyone is still acting as if his ghost is about to interact with. Yeah. It's also, it's just fun to see them all live in this world where like his ghost and shadow is so heavy that every decision is still technically made by Logan. They run everything through Logan as a filter, but no one can stand on their own feet. They just try to imitate or digress either from what their father would have done versus what they're doing. And yeah, I think admitting that everyone on a succession is dumber than they think is the first step to knowing it's the funniest goddamn comedy of all time. Go back and watch those shiv scenes and you'll know. And you'll go, holy fuck, she's even... It's like another level. She's unbelievable. Oh, I love them all. Yeah. Not that I don't like... I, I, I'm i not like dismissing Kendall. And I'm not like dismissing, you know, the beauty of Tom and Greg and all of these things. But like, between Roman and Shiv, it is... If there's a snake that actually deserves to win for snakiness, it's Shiv. She's put up with so much shit and been overlooked because she's a woman. That scene, though, where... Where Matson says, you actually remind me of your father. And you kind of go like, she's the most like Logan there is. Mm-hmm. And she's, you sort of see how that, uh, 
that protective armor grew on Logan because he seems very right there and direct and you're getting everything at surface value, which Shiv is a lot of that, but there's also like a very secret protective layer that seems to be grown over many years and she seems to be growing into it. (coughs) We're not trying to spoil succession here. We just... I like watching actors act. I think it's phenomenal. I've been watching a lot of Barry, too. This new Barry season is so fucking heavy that when the funnier moments hit, it is... There's a scene with Fred Armisen in the last episode that is... It's incredible. Just go watch Barry. Okay. Watch all of Barry. I've only seen, like, the first season. The second season is so goddamn heavy. I think this is the third season now, or is this the fourth? Uh, this is the fourth season now, the final season of Barry. Uh, yeah. It is... It is an acting masterclass, and what a strange thing. And God bless Bill Hader for just going from being the funniest man I've ever dealt with in my life to also one of the greatest yeah. actors. And he's directing this whole season now, oh, and yeah. it's it's phenomenal. Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro does a uh, does a bit in no yeah. shit, yeah, because he's like I'm just a huge fan of Bill Hader, and Bill Hader's like well, come be on my show then, Guillermo del Toro. That's so funny. Yeah, allegedly the story I read. This is a little behind the scenes goss is Guillermo del Toro was texting Alfonso Cuaron about how how Bill Hader was not... He didn't know how to do some directing stuff. And Cuaron then texted Bill Hader that Guillermo del Toro was texting him about how he wasn't being good at directing. And so he then forced Guillermo del Toro to do a hundred different silly takes and was sending them back to Alfonso Cuaron. Just directors, just boys being directors, having fun, doing pranks, you know, sending them through the David Fincher, do it a hundred times and I'll pick the worst one. I love that. That's so funny. We love acting. We love cinema. We love beauty. We're going to make it happen. We've got a feature film in us, Peter. Do you realize we that? We do. We do. We're in the research phase. We're learning. We're going to get there. We've got to make some choices. And I think we're going to get, uh, I think we're going to get uh, Jay Smith Cameron to be in our film from Succession. She plays Jerry. Oh. The Jerry, the Jer- did yeah. you see the Jerry, uh, the Jerry Roman scene before they get on the boat? That was yeah. given their history just like. Oh, oh, I'm not going to make this a succession podcast because it's a podcast about whatever we want it to be about, but it's also a succession podcast. So just buckle up and also landing that my schedule has been not home on a Sunday, land early on a Monday, watch it right then before I fall asleep. Yeah. It's been phenomenal for my sleep patterns to watch that and then go right to bed. Yeah. I might start using it as my theme song down the line because somebody's got to use that song once the show's done. Yeah. I... I'm in the minority. I don't like the theme song or the intro. I skip it every single time. What? Yeah. Peter, hold on. I'm about to go on a diatribe. Okay. The theme song is indicative of the royal nature, but also the sloppiness of the history that the family is based on. And the way you hear it sort of raconteur around the timing where Uh it's not filling in the beats exactly. It's sort of the, uh, there's obviously regal notes to this and there's high level instruments, but there's a fragility to the shake and to the vibrato of the way things are not exactly as they should be. And the intro itself is the only time in the world of succession based on the rules of succession, which there are rules to the show where anything is shown from the past. No other time does this show take place except the exact present and moving forward. There are no flashbacks. There are no previous scenes. There are no buildups to things happening. Everything takes place as it takes place, except for that intro. It's the only background you get on what possibly has gone on in this family. Everything else has to be built into the actor's mind, and they are coming from a place where they've lived the whole history, but they are never exploring that history as a function of the show. Damn. Yeah, I really love Succession. (laughs) I didn't get cast in the final season. 
oh, I'm supposed to play uh, Roman Roy's BDSM instructor, <laughs> but I get stuck in the swing. It's <laughs> there's a lot. I don't know. It was a really dramatic scene at the time because there's a phone call going on and I'm stuck in the scene. Just they didn't use it. It's fine. <laughs> We have any more questions, Peter? No, we're done. Oh my God. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for participating. Thank you for coming up to me at the table. I wanted you there for the meet and greet Friday so that people could come tell you how much they love you, Peter. Aww. Because there were so many people who enjoyed the podcast there, so many friends that came through. Uh it was it's always lovely to hear that not only, oh, like I'm an Effie fan, I love seeing you, but like they enjoy hearing us talk. They enjoy our interactions. And uh meeting a lot of Patreon folks too. Make sure you tell me if you're on the Patreon. I'll hook you up. Oh, also. The Patreon code that you get for the discount on Effie merch now works on Wrestling is Gay merch Yay. because they're combined in the same store. So if you've been waiting to use that uh, discount, you now have combined shipping, which is phenomenal. But if you're on the Patreon, you get that percentage off, which really the Patreon pays for itself if you order one item. If you're going to buy one thing off the store, just fucking sign up for the Patreon, yeah. get the fucking code, and then boom, it paid for itself. Okay, And then you're entered to win. A, you could get a discount on merch and win an action figure, technically, possibly. It's magic. It's magic. We we love our people. I'm not trying to swindle anybody. Trust me. I have a much bigger house. Somebody said, are you going to keep my credit card information? Because I do the manual type in on my phone to run credit cards. And I said, if I was running wire fraud, I would not be wrestling. <laughs> if I was a wired fraud guy, I would not be here risking my life every night. Maybe I would. Maybe I'd still want to perform. Maybe that's the cover up is there's a massive wire fraud scandal. I wish I was that smart to have a scandal that I was covering up. I'm just very like, what you see is what you get. It's fun. It's mysterious. It's exciting. But really, there's, there's, you know, you know everything. We're here. I said I wouldn't be doing this this long if I had stolen credit cards, baby. I should.